Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. From Fox News, it's The Campaign with Brett Baer. Last week, President Biden signed multiple executive orders focusing on issues such as the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change and immigration. Six of the 17 executive actions President Biden signed on his first day dealt with immigration, signaling this will be a major focus for the new administration. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced that an impeachment trial would begin in early February per a bipartisan agreement. But over the weekend, several Republicans in the Senate spoke out against the proceeding with the impeachment trial. We'll start there with our panel, founder and CEO of Punchbowl News, Anna Palmer, Washington Post columnist and AEI resident fellow Mark Thiessen, and political editor at the National Journal, Josh Krashauer. Josh, uh, heading down towards this impeachment trial, uh, it does seem a bit like a hot potato politically. Yeah, it really is, uh, especially with the new administration coming in, Trump feeling like a distant memory. And, and you know, it, it, it's interrupting any notion of, of, of bipartisanship. And what Republicans are, are finding is that their voters back home are very pro-Trump and, and are very adamant against any Republican Senate attempt to convict uh, the former president. And the politics of within the party is really trumping the, the gravity of the, of the looming moment. And it's really put folks like uh, Mitch McConnell, the now Senate minority leader, and a lot of his rank and file members in a very difficult position. But on the flip side, and is there a political downside for Democrats pushing this forward instead of, you know, showing that the 100 days agenda is, is, you know, cooking. Listen, I think House Democrats forced the Senate Democrats hand here by moving very fast. Obviously, they didn't even have a trial. It was a one day vote on impeachment. And, you know, just the way the rules of the chambers work, the, the, the impeachment articles are going to be delivered today and then they immediately have to get things rolling. I think if you're Chuck Schumer, you're in a new position as majority leader, very tight, obviously, majority with the vice president uh, giving Democrats the one uh, vote uh, majority in that chamber. They're going to argue and say, listen, we can walk and, and, and chew gum at the same time. We can get some of these early nominations through. We've started to see that already. They are going to do impeachment. But clearly, uh, any kind of sense that there's going to be some bipartisan unity uh, that's going to be overwhelming in the Biden administration is not forthcoming, uh, particularly when you look at what's happening on COVID relief. Yeah, but Anna, do you sense that like the Trump base uh, for Republicans don't want this impeachment trial, does the Democratic base want the impeachment trial? I, th- I think they do. I think, and I, I actually think that a lot of Democrats want it in in general. I think as much as people say, okay, it's ready to maybe turn the page. I think Democrats by and large feel like the president incited a mob siege on the Capitol and there should be some repercussions for it. Whether that's going to be a 
super long trial with a lot of, you know, different um, folks on the witness stand, that's TBD. We don't have a lot of those details yet about what the strategy for Democrats is going to be. We certainly don't have uh, that for former President Donald Trump either, though. I mean, we don't know, besides his one lawyer, who's going to be kind of shepherding this process through. So far, Republicans, as Josh noted, have been fairly uniform in saying, you know, they, they don't want this to go forward. But there's definitely at least a handful, Mitt Romney, Ben Sass, and some others who have been open to the concept of impeaching the president. Mm -hmm. But because, well, two things. One is because how strange the House vote was, there wasn't committee hearing. There wasn't this traditional grand jury uh, kind of deal in the House. Uh, there are questions about the process. And then the questions, Josh, about constitutionality of impeaching someone who's already left office, you know, and, and what that means. Yeah, I mean, you nail the two concerns that Republicans are going to be talking about because there is widespread anger at, at the president's behavior on January 6th. But they also, Republicans, know the, the political ramifications of, of crossing the president. But there are two two issues which they're going to, in all likelihood, argue on behalf of the president for. One is whether a uh, trial is, is constitutional uh, after a president leaves office. There, there's a notable uh, conservative jurist, uh, Bloodig, who has... Uh, argued that that's not constitutional. There's some some backing for that point of view. It's a minority point of view, but it's something that Senator Tom Cotton and, and, and a few other Republican senators are leaning on in explaining why they're they're, they're leaning against conviction. Uh, there's also the argument of about, um, you know, just the, the, the ability for the Senate to get things done. And uh, that, that is also one that, that I think Republicans are, are gonna, gonna advance. But it's less about substance than the first impeachment. It was about substance. What the president did, is he guilty or not guilty? And everyone but Mitt Romney uh, came to the conclusion that that Trump did not do anything that, that rose to the level of impeachment. With this impeachment trial, there is a lot more division in the Republican caucus. I think a lot of senators certainly privately think that, that Trump may have committed impeachable offenses, but whether they're going to get 17 senators to vote for conviction is a much higher part. Yeah. And there's one article here. Uh, and uh, it, but, you know, you could open the door that didn't go down this door in the House, but to the phone call with the secretary of state in Georgia. Um, you know, there were other other possibilities, but they just did the incitement article. Yeah, that, that, that may be a strategic misstep, because if you want to make the strongest case, of your Democrats, you want to make the strongest case against the president. You want to make this as bipartisan as possible. You want to have the, the, the biggest scope of charges, I would think. And you would want to draw out the trial and, and introduce the evidence and make it as, as, as unimpeachable as possible. Yeah. Uh, but, but um, you know, ultimately, they think the legal case may be a little easier with the narrower uh, charges just focused on January 6th. Anna? Yeah, I think it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Do they have the 17 votes? I find that hard to believe. But I do think you're going to see more Republicans come out for impeaching the president. Mitch McConnell's holding his uh, you know, cards very close to the vest. I have a hard time personally seeing him actually vote to impeach uh, the president. But now you have the you know retirement of People like Senator uh, Portman out of Ohio, who could be freed up to, to potentially vote. I'm not saying he's going to, but to potentially vote, you know, to impeach the president, given the fact that he's not 
running again. I, I can understand what Democrats were trying to do in the House. I think they wanted to keep it as narrow as possible. So they kind of avoided the witch hunt sense of this, that they were just going to throw the, you know, throw everything against the wall at the president, that it was truly the incitement of this mob that had, uh, you know, caused a siege on the Capitol. That is the reason why they feel like he should be impeached at this time. You know, it's going to take up time and it's, it's definitely going to be something that, you know, no one is going to want to talk about once they become sworn in as jurors, it's going to be a real quiet time before we find out where the dust settles. Uh, and as far as agenda, I mean, it does get in the way. They do say they can walk and chew gum, but the focus, you know, just what Congress is focused on does focus on that. What about the agenda and what can get through, Josh? You know, Democrats, as Anna was alluding to, uh, say that they can chew gum and, and, and do a Senate trial at the same time. I'm a lot more skeptical that just the political bandwidth we have as a country can muster the, you know, the need for people to, to, to get, get tuned in with the Biden domestic agenda while having to deal with the former president who captured our, our attention span for the last five years. I mean, logistically, it's possible to do two different things, you know, you split the time during the days that the Senate trial is being held, but the news coverage is gonna be dominated by the testimony and, and, and the arguments in the Senate trial. And, I, and that's the last, that, that's why Biden and his communications team has tried not to uh, talk about this because they don't wanna be caught up in, in the back and forth. They, they're trying to move on. They're trying to try to make things less partisan. And this is gonna put us back in our red and blue corners when, when this trial begins in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and uh, big things don't, don't appear to be getting through anytime soon. No, I mean, I, I think when you alluded to the beginning was this the, the fact that he did all of these executive actions, uh, I, I think was a nod to the fact that Congress doesn't do anything fast when you look at what they did regarding immigration reform. I, I mean, I think there's very little momentum inside the Capitol to find some kind of bipartisan deal. A lot of the folks that were part of the previous gangs have already said they're against what uh, President Biden has put out there. When you look at COVID relief, I think they're gonna have a very, very, very difficult time finding actually a, a bipartisan deal. And the fact that they're gonna go down the, the pathway of reconciliation, which is kind of in the weeds procedural uh, effort, but that basically requires only 51 votes is basically a nod to the fact that they are saying it's going to be Democrats who are going to pass this bill. It is not actually going to be a big bipartisan effort where you're going to have Republicans at the signing ceremony uh, at the White House for this. So I think it is probably much more incremental. And there's a lot of skepticism of both Republicans and I think even some moderates of having another massive COVID relief plan, you know, in the next month or so. Martisan, is the Senate impeachment trial, does it get in the way of the focus on other agenda items? Of course it is. It's a huge distraction. Uh, you know, Joe Biden should want to be uh, looking forward to his uh, to his new administration, new agenda, and it's looking in the past. Uh, you know, and I say this as somebody, Brad, who I've been on your show, and I've said I think the president committed an impeachable offense, uh, I think, in inciting that riot. I think if, he, if, if Donald Trump were still in office right now and was going to be in office for months or years, then I think a, a, an impeachment trial would probably be warranted. Uh, but he's not in office. Uh, and we have a new administration, and Joe Biden has said that he wants to pursue unity. And this is not the way to do it, nor is, quite frankly, offering a $1.9 uh, trillion dollar a COVID relief plan that, you know, has basically just been foisted on the Republicans. Uh, my boss, when, you know, when my old boss, George W. Bush came to Washington, 
the first thing he did after his inauguration was call Ted Kennedy. And he was the most liberal member of the Senate and said, Ted, I want to work with you on education reform. He didn't present him with a fait accompli. He said, I've got ideas. Let's get your ideas. Let's work together and come up with a bill that became the No Child Left Behind Act. Bill Clinton, first thing he did when one of the first things he did in Washington was reach out to his Republican and Democratic predecessors and push for the passage of the North American Free Trade Agreement. Joe Biden doesn't have anything like that. Reaching out, presenting Republicans with a $1.9 trillion bill after they just passed almost a trillion dollars in COVID relief is not an effort towards unity. So I think he's messing up the unity push. So does it politically, you know, come back to haunt by, you know, 2022, or does it flip the other way where the focus on it reminds people, you know, of the actions of the president and thereby hurting Republicans? Well, it'll, it actually helps Trump because remember, I mean, and I was opposed to the first impeachment, but the headline was Trump acquitted and he held it up at that White House, at that White House briefing. Uh, the odds are that the Republicans are not going to vote to convict him, and they will uh, either because they either believe it or because it's politically convenient, they will say, look, we're not going to do this because we think it's unconstitutional uh, to, uh, to convict somebody, to impeach and, and hold a trial of a president after they've left office. Um, and, that, and so that will be the justification for them to vote no without going into the merits of the case against the president or whether he was responsible or not. So he's going to get he's going to get uh, he's going to he's going to be acquitted and he will take that as a vindication. So why would it, why would the Democrats want to vindicate uh, Donald Trump by having the Senate uh, reject the charges against him and basically endorse what he did? We'll hear from our panel after this. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. There are some Republicans, obviously, who don't want to see Trump run again. And uh, this would be a, a way to have a vote that prevents that, I guess. It would. Um, certainly, but uh, not if he's uh, not if he's uh, acquitted. And if he's convicted, he'll sue because this is a this is an open constitutional question. Uh, it's never been tested in court. There, there were there have been impeachments of, I think, a secretary of war after they left office. But there's never it's never been challenged in the courts. I think Donald Trump would sue. Uh, we'd have a huge litigation. It would go to the Supreme Court and it would all be, you know, Donald Trump back in the news again for, for an extended period of time fighting over this. Just to part, pick up what Mark was talking about, though, I, I think the, there are certainly Republicans who are relieved that Donald Trump is no longer in office, that he's kind of had his Twitter taken away from him. But when you look at what's happening across the country, you look at what happened in Arizona over the weekend with Kelly Ward winning and deciding to censure Cindy McCain and Jeff Flake and Doug Ducey. I mean, the vast majority of the energy of the Republican Party is Trump's Republican Party. And as much as, you know, there might be establishment Republicans in Washington who are tired of it or wish that he would go away, it's hard to see that split screen stopping anytime soon. And frankly, that's really where the momentum is for Republicans. If you look at who won in this last election, in the House in particular, you have a lot of real Trump Republicans who won. Yeah, Josh. There's also a politically pragmatic reason why Senate Republicans may not move towards conviction. And it it looks at what happened in the House vote, where you had the 10 Republicans, including Liz Cheney, voting to impeach. But you had another several dozen, at least or so, who strongly condemned the president's behavior, but decided to fall short. 
of, of an, an impeachment vote. And those Republicans like South Carolina freshman Nancy Mace are not getting quite the level of animus with that tr- Trumpy base that the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach are. So Republicans are very cautious and mindful about not wanting to make a martyr out of Trump, too. And, you know, to the points that both Mark and Anna made, uh, some, you know, if, if you vote to never let him run for office again, which is the most tangible benefit you would get out of an impeachment vote, that actually could make the Trump movement a whole lot more powerful in these Republican primaries and in, in the races in the states that Anna was talking about. So there is just a pragmatic political reason, even if you're not on the Trump wing of the, the party, not to empower it any further by giving him a, a real grievance. And then you have a, a Patriot party, a third party that becomes a Trump party. Uh, it's hard to see the math of how Republicans win seats. Any, any chance of division within the Republican party, any, any prospect of division within the party between the more traditional element and the more Trump friendly element almost guarantees Republican losses all across the board. Republicans can win if they keep that that coalition together. And that's what ultimately I think Mitch McConnell's goal is going to be as, as angry as he is uh, at the president, at the former president now. But um, the, the threat of a Patriot party, however much of a long shot it may be, that, that would divide the party automatically and, and automatically hand Democrat, Democratic wins in key Senate and House races in two years. Just imagine if... Uh, if uh, Bernie Sanders had decided to run as a Democratic Socialist and not accept his defeat in the Democratic primary, and you had had Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, and Donald Trump on the ticket, Trump would be president. It's going to be the same thing in reverse. Uh, if, if there's a Patriot Party, you're going to split the conservative movement and, uh, and, and destroy the conservative movement, at least in the short term. All right, panel, thank you very much. Uh, a little bit of presidential trivia here. On January 20th, 1937, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt became the first U.S. president to be sworn into office in the month of January. The Constitution had originally established March 4th as Inauguration Day in order to allow the newly elected candidates to travel to the Capitol. But following technological advances in transportation, the date was moved to January 20th with the passage of the 20th Amendment in 1933. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and review. We want to hear from you. For Anna and Mark and Josh, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.